over the last few months. And this morning is no different. And we'll be thinking about um, another unsung hero called Hulder from the Old Testament. And I'll tell you a little bit more about Hulder in a little while. But just by way of introduction, these unsung heroes are people who are just like us. They're people who found themselves at the centre of amazing plans that God had to bring about real change in the lives of many. But they're just ordinary people. They become pivotal people at pivotal times. They only get a few lines each very often in the Bible to tell their story. They're people just like you and me, people that we meet every day. But before we dig in and before um, Deborah comes to read the story of Hulda to us, I just want to talk to you about the danger of forgetting. So you might recognise this character. <laughs> he is um, Mr Forgetful. He's my favourite Mr Man. I just can't remember why he's my favourite Mr Man. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you some, I'll read you some of the selected pages from Mr Forgetful um, just to help us to kind of think about the danger of forgetting or muddling something up. So this is the story of Mr. Forgetful, but you never thought you were going to hear a picture book when you came to church this morning. It was one of those beautiful summer mornings that everybody likes to see. In Forget-Me-Not Cottage, the owner was fast asleep. Mr. Forgetful, he was having a dream. Mr. Forgetful got out of bed and went to wash his face, but he'd forgotten where the bathroom was in his house. And do you know what he did? He walked into the wardrobe. Silly me, he giggled to himself. It was such a lovely day that Mr. Forgetful decided to walk down to the village to buy a stamp for a letter he'd written three weeks ago but had forgotten to post. Off he set. And did he remember to shut the door of Forget-Me-Not Cottage behind him? Of course he didn't. Mr. Forgetful had some more shopping to do, but he couldn't remember what he was supposed to remember not to forget to shop for. Of course he couldn't. So he decided to just go home. And as he walked home, he came across a policeman. Morning, Mr. Forgetful, said the policeman. Will you give Farmer Fields a message from, from me on your way home, please? Farmer Fields had a farm not very far from Forget-Me-Not Cottage. Tell him there's a sheep loose in the lane, said the policeman. Poor Mr. Forgetful. He'd never had a message to remember in his life before. There's a sheep loose in the lane he said to himself, trying to remember the message as he hurried along. There's a sheep loose in the lane. 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 Mr. Forgetful repeated the message over and over to himself. There's a sheep loose in the lane. Eventually, he arrived at the farm and found Farmer Fields. Mr. Fields, he said, there's a goose asleep in the rain. <laughs> Farmer Fields couldn't believe his ears. There's a goose asleep in the rain, repeated Farmer Field slowly. But I don't have any geese. And anyway, it isn't raining. Are you sure that was the message? Poor Mr. Forgetful. He'd got it all wrong. And he couldn't remember how to get it all right. He simply couldn't remember at all. So off he went home. Poor Mr. Forgetful. 
I'm not going to read you the whole story, but you'll be pleased to know that actually, in the end, Mr. Forgetful sorted out the problem of forgetting the message when he fell over the sheep that was loose in the lane and he ran back to tell the farmer. I remind myself so much of Mr. Forgetful, honestly. <laughs> if you're anything like me, maybe you're not, you probably forget things quite a few times in a day. Some things are of little consequence. Some things have greater consequence, a little bit like me last Tuesday when I couldn't remember where I'd parked my car in the station car park, and it took me a good 20 minutes of clicking the button and hearing it open and then chasing the sound. <laughs> but then there are other times when we forget things that have catastrophic consequences. Even worse, sometimes we deliberately forget. We deliberately push things out of our mind. And that's what I want you to bear in mind this morning. It's not a frivolous or a jokey, childish forgetting like in Mr. Forgetful, but this idea of deliberately forgetting as we read today's passage. So Deborah, do you want to come and read for us? So this is from uh, Kings. And Deborah's going to read that for us. It's going to appear on the screen at the same time. Thank you, Catherine. If you've got a paper Bible, it's about there, but otherwise you can just look. And it's 2 Kings, um, chapter 22. And there's some great characters in this chapter as well. So, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. His mother's name was Jediah, daughter of Adiah. She was from Bosca. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent the secretary, Shaphan, son of Azaliah, the son of Meshullam, to the temple of the Lord. He said, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and make him get ready the money that has been bought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Make them entrust it to the men appointed to supervise the work on the temple. And make these men pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders, and the masons. Also, make them purchase timber and dressed stone to repair the temple. But they need not account for the money entrusted to them because they are honest in their dealings. Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan who read it. Then Shaphan the secretary went to the king and reported to him, your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Helkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Achiham son of Shaphan, Akbor son of Micaiah, Shaphan the secretary, and Isaiah the king's attendant. Go, 
and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. Hilkiah the priest, Achiham, Akbor, Shaphan and Asiah went to speak to the prophet Huldah, who was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. She said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me, This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people, according to everything written in the book the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all the idols their hands have made, my anger will burn against this place. And will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid waste. And because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place. So they took her answer back to the king. Thanks, Deborah. Let's pray together before we dig in. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to read your word aloud together, for the privilege of being able to hold it in our hands, read it on our screens. And Lord, we pray that as we um, unpack it together this morning, that um, instead of my words, it will be your words that we hear. Holy Spirit, will you help us? Will you open our eyes and open our hearts to hear the message that you want to bring? In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so in some ways, the story of Hilda, um, Hulda, sorry, is a little bit like what happened with Mr. Forgetful. The people had forgotten who they belonged to. They'd forgotten the scriptures, they'd forgotten their relationship with God, they'd forgotten how to live according to God's pattern for holiness. But unlike the gentle and funny story of Mr. Forgetful, this collective forgetfulness of the people of God was about to have some catastrophic consequences. So a little bit of background if you haven't ever read Two Kings before from chapter 21. This King Josiah was only eight when he became king and he'd taken over from King Ammon who also did evil in the eyes of the Lord just as Manasseh Josiah's grandfather did before him. They made altars to other gods and they worshipped those gods in place of the one true God, Yahweh, with whom their ancestors had made a covenant promise to worship. 
they led their people astray as well, encouraging them to break this covenant relationship and worship those gods using the Asherah poles they'd made and put in the house of the Lord. And chapter 21 also tells us that Manasseh shed so much innocent blood, it filled Jerusalem from end to end. Ammon, um, Josiah's father, was no better, and eventually his own officials turned on him and executed him, placing the eight-year-old Josiah on the throne in his place. Just imagine that for a moment. An eight-year-old boy on the throne. That's not much older than the little boys that have just gone out there to their activities. So it's into this context of pure evil and rejection of Yahweh that a very young Josiah stepped. And Josiah, it says in verse 2 of that reading that Deborah brought to us, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. The Bible doesn't tell us who taught the young Josiah about the ways of David. It doesn't teach us, it doesn't tell us, sorry, who taught him to follow the one true God, Yahweh. But as a mum myself, I'd like to think that his mum had something to do with it. After all, she's mentioned by name, Jedida, which means darling or beloved of Yahweh or Jehovah. After all, how else does a young lad with an evil dad learn what was right in the eyes of the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 34, there's another version of this story with a bit more detail um, than this chapter that we read um, tells us. And it says that by the age of 16, this growing lad had begun to seek the God of his father David. In other words, he'd begun to pray and ask God what on earth he was going to do with the mess that his dad and grandfather had left around all behind, behind them. And by the age of 20, Josiah had begun clearing out and cleansing all of Judah and Jerusalem, amongst other significant places. He'd begun taking down all of these high altars, altars that had been built to the gods. And then finally, in this pivotal act that we read today, when he was still only 26 years old, he sent a team to repair the house of the Lord. And during these repairs and restorations, a scroll was found, a book the book of the law that was spoken to Moses by Yahweh, the one true God. And it was brought to Josiah, who when he heard its words and realized what it was and how it detailed the consequences of the behavior of his ancestors and the people of his day, he tore his clothes. That means that he mourned as though someone was dead. And he showed deep sorrow and repentance for the sins and the wrongdoings of his people. Josiah understood that there would be drastic consequences for the disobedience of his people. And he told his team to inquire of the Lord. And perhaps you'd have thought that they might pray. It said that he inquired of the Lord, which meant that, that uh, he prayed. But no, they went to a person that they clearly knew would be able to share the very thoughts of God with them. And that person was our unsung hero for today, Hulda. Unlike the rest of her generation, Huldah had not forgotten, either deliberately or otherwise, the covenant with Yahweh. And she was known as a prophet. She was one who was so in tune with the divine that she could speak his very thoughts and words aloud to whoever should ask her. Huldah must have felt a little bit like an outlier, with so many others around her who disobeyed the law of Yahweh that was recorded by Moses. 
She is one who kept the covenant along with Josiah. And when she knew that she was being called upon to deliver a message, there are some lessons I think that we can learn from her. She didn't hesitate to begin with. She dived straight into God's message with no thought about any cost to herself. She didn't shy away from sharing the full message of God, stepping into everything that God had called her to do. She allowed God's spirit to empower her with boldness, even when it exposed her as being different to the crowd. Remember, everyone else had forgotten their covenant with Yahweh. She showed that she wasn't ashamed. God calls us, in these words of the New Testament, to not be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to salvation. And her, um, she was also not shy or bold. We read in the story of uh, David and Goliath in 1 Samuel, David says to Goliath, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And, um, and then he throws his stone at Goliath's head and down Goliath comes. But David knows that it's not the power of the stone, but the power of the Almighty. He's not shy, but he's bold. And Hulda was exactly the same. And then finally, she was clear and direct in her message. She said to Josiah, You've humbled your heart before the Lord. You've demonstrated your repentance. And therefore, the consequences of disobedience to God's law won't affect you. You'll die in peace and be buried because of your repentance and your obedience to the law. But she was also clear about the consequences, the severe consequences for the people who had forsaken the worship of Yahweh and had worshipped other gods instead, despite knowing that Yahweh was the one true God. And so we've got some lessons that we can learn from Hulda's character. First of all, not to hesitate. Those of us that maybe call ourselves Christians this morning can um, choose not to be ashamed of the gospel, can choose not to be ashamed of the message of Jesus. That's what these girls have done this morning in their declarations of faith, in their testimonies, and in going through the water of baptism. And I suppose that's my challenge to all of us this morning, that when God calls you into something, especially when it involves sharing the message of Jesus, don't be ashamed to step out and to do it. Also, don't be shy, but be bold. Remember David, the little guy, when he faced Goliath, who said to that Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Finally, I think another message that we can learn from Hulder is to be clear and direct, to follow God's instructions about what to do and what to say. Sometimes that might involve waiting for the right action, the right moment, not necessarily always immediate. But I think also there are some messages from Hulder's message for those of us who haven't yet made a decision to follow Jesus. And we're just going to spend a little bit of time looking at those. And they're good reminders for those of us who have chosen to follow as well. First of all, I think that we all mess up. I mean, I won't ask you to put your hand up, but I can't imagine there's anyone here who's perfect. Um, and if you think you are, I'd like to gently suggest that you're probably mistaken. We all make mistakes, don't we? The Bible talks uh, about the fact that we've all sinned. We've all got things wrong. We all short, fall short of God's glory. 
But in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we're able to, um, for those things to be taken off of us, for him to absorb for us the things that we've done wrong and the consequences of those things. There are always consequences. We say this to children growing up, don't we? You know, when they get something wrong, there'll be consequences for that action, you know? Something's going to happen. And it's true for us as adults. There are consequences when we turn away from God. Romans 6, verse 23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. The consequence for getting it wrong, for messing up, for choosing to walk away from God, for choosing to forget our creator is death. But the gift of God, it says in Romans, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But when we're repentant and we choose to humble ourselves before God, he's faithful and he forgives us our sins. This is good news. It's good news, people. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, if we tell God the things that we've got wrong, he's faithful and he's just and he'll forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And that's because of Jesus, because of those things that he's done for us, because he went to the cross for us and rose to life for us. So what about us? What's the message for us this morning? Well, perhaps a little bit like I know that Hannah and Stacey have felt at times, you feel a little bit of an outlier, like Holder, I think we've all felt a bit like that, haven't we, at times? A bit out there on the edge. Someone who follows Jesus, who's put their trust in God, realises that sometimes it means going against the flow, a bit like Hulda did in her day. Um, my challenge to all of us this morning who've chosen to follow Jesus is will we be unhesitant like Hulda? Will we be bold and clear like Holder, with what God has given us to do and say. Or maybe for the first time this morning, or maybe for a number of times later, you've come face to face with the idea that you need to be the one in your family to change the script. A bit like that family that Josiah came from, where there was a dad and a granddad and many before them who had messed things up. Maybe you're at a place in your life now where you need to face up to the fact that things are wrong. And accept that there's a God who created you, who loves you, and wants you to come to him just as you are. But he also loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you, so that you can be forgiven by him, accepted, made whole, and set free to live your life as designed by him, that amazing creator God. In a moment, we're going to pray two different